0: Go what Columbia looks like! This is what Columbia looks like!
1: The best place for Columbia College News. I'll give my life for this cause, and I will die for this cause. Covering the stories Chicagoans care about.
2: We're calling for one Chicago! Shut down, make sure to
1: This is Chronicle Headlines. Welcome into today's program. I'm your host, Blaise Mesa. Later on in the show, we will be discussing a 70mm film festival, proposed CPD policy changes, and an update on the aftermath of the Plymouth Court sale. But first, a new study released by Ashish Sharma, research assistant professor at the University of Notre Dame, shows that incorporating green roofs in buildings could have life-saving implication. Green roofs can reduce the need for air conditioning by lowering temperatures in a building, Laura Mapes, nurse practitioner at the University of Chicago's hospital, noted some potential side effects bodies deal with when the weather warms up.
2: The main problem with extreme heat is
3: fluid loss, um, you know, through sweating. When you get really dehydrated, it can also shut down your kidneys,
4: have electrolyte imbalances of, you know, mainly of salt, not enough sodium in the body. Mm -hmm. The salt balance, you know, affects, you know, multiple
3: organs... And, uh, you know, you can have heart arrhythmias and and
4: mental status changes. You can become really lethargic, um, confused, uh, very weak.
1: NASA reported 17 of the 18 hottest years on record have all taken place since the year 2001. If you're a younger fan of jazz music, you may not be alone. According to a September report by the Statista Global Consumer Survey... 30.5% of jazz listeners are between the ages of 18 to 29 years old, 36.2% are aged to 30 to 49 years old, and 25.4% of jazz listeners are between 50 and 64 years old. Gaviesh Gaviesh, a senior contemporary urban and popular music major, noted that jazz music is making some transitions.
3: Jazz musicians are discovering new ways of expressing themselves and not, you know, associating themselves with antiquity and tradition.
1: Now over to our top story. It's four in the morning, and you are most likely asleep. But if you're Kylie Fong, a golfer at Grand Canyon University, you're getting ready for your clinical course as part of your nursing major. Her after-work plans? Three to five hours of practice.
3: I was studying for one of like our big tests in nursing school, and I remember staying up till maybe like four in the morning. I had to get up at like five or five thirty for workouts, and then we had to play during practice. I think it was only about nine holes, but I came to practice and I was just exhausted. And my coach was like, "Okay, let's um, have you play nine holes, and we'll see how you feel." Um, I remember I was reading a putt on one of the holes, and I literally just shut my eyes because I was so tired and fell asleep (laughs) while I was playing golf during practice.
1: Even though the NCAA limits practice time to 20 hours a week, Chet Hessen, Assistant Athletic Director for Academics and Student Services at Bowling Green State University, said athletes may spend up to 32 hours involved in their sport.
3: It definitely can be challenging at times, though. Like, if I come home at 5 and I'm exhausted from my day, I obviously don't really want to do my schoolwork.
1: That was Kirsten Jacobson, a swimmer at the University of Arizona. Some days of practice, she can swim up to 8 miles. To keep on track with her coursework, she has developed a system of rewards.
3: Sometimes it's a piece of candy. Sometimes it's like okay, I can take a break and look on social media or, and sometimes even sleep is my reward for finishing work,
1: so. Athletes may find themselves busy often, but it matters how they manage their time, Hessen said.
4: It's not about how much time you have, but how you spend your time.
1: While these student-athletes spent time practicing their sport in high school, the jump to college athletics was not a simple one to make.
3: Yeah, college is going to be a lot of work, but you know, high school is such a breeze. How hard can it be? And then it's like, okay, this is actually pretty hard <laughs> compared to high school. So It's like, wow, I, I can't mess around and get an A easily anymore. I actually have to work if I want a good grade.
1: <laughs> that was Logan Kusky, a member of Notre Dame's track and field team, and I can report each and every school is doing their best to take care of their student-athletes, but sometimes... They are working some pretty rigorous schedules, but now I have Tessa Brewbaker, the news editor for the Columbia Chronicle, in the studio. How are you doing today, Tessa? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I know you got a, a real exciting story to talk about. Oh yeah, building sales. But why do these building sales matter? What was your story about this week?
0: So the college sold Plymouth Court over the summer, which was the last Columbia-owned dorm building, and it sold, I believe, in July. Um, but Columbia will continue to lease the building for the entirety of this year until 3L real estate takes over, probably around August
1: 2019. Yeah, so this 3L, I know there may have been some speculation that 3L would, you know, rent, rent it out back to Columbia. Are they going to do their own thing with it? What's going to become of Plymouth Court when 3L takes over?
0: So they're going to be renovating it into residential apartments for anybody um when i talked to them they said it was going to be affordable students can do it if they want to but it's not going to be primarily a student building anymore it's just going to be your average chicago residential building
1: so then what happens to students is columbia going to have less dorms or
0: so right now the college is considering options for um another residential dorm building um Mm -hmm. in about a year
1: but You know, aside from the dorms, I know Plymouth Court has a fitness center. It has um,
0: the health center, the the counseling. There's
1: a lot of stuff in there. Does the college have any plans on how they're going to make up those resources or are we just going to lose them?
0: So I'm not sure about all of them yet. I know for a fact that the gym is going to now be in the student center. It's going to be humongous. It's going to have a dance studio. I think it's going to have several dance studios, um, a meditation room. But as far as the health center and where the RAs are going to be, I'm not sure. Um, I haven't, no one was able to like tell me. Yeah, well, I mean, I,
1: I assume that the RAs will have somewhere of to course, go. They're yeah. not just going <laughs> to send them off into the street and tell them to, to make do with whatever. But uh, will the student center scheduled to be completed in 2019?
0: In the fall of 2019 is what in they're the fall saying of right 2019,
1: now. 2019, yeah. so not this academic year, but no, next yes, academic year. Yes. And... Is Columbia still leasing out, renting, whatever you want to call it, Plymouth Court f- till then? Or yes. Gonna so be- it's okay.
0: going to, they're going to be, the students that are living in Plymouth Court right now, nothing's going to change. Um, they're going to live there until their lease is up in May. And then um, depending on how the student center is going, 3 um, L real estate is going to take over next summer.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But then, <laughs> so if you really wanted to, you could live back at Plymouth Court again?
0: <laughs> I mean... If you wanted to, it won't be through the school.
1: <laughs> well, they say affordable. I don't know what affordable to them. Yeah, honestly, yeah. in the south in loop. the south
0: loop, it's expensive. So who knows?
1: It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. But I'm I don't know if I'm gonna miss Plymouth Court. Not no. my favorite dorm. Yeah, Wi-Fi wasn't good. It was big. It was nice, but it's gonna be interesting to see how the college tries to to grab some more space. I don't have a, too much more time with you. Maybe a minute or so is there. Anything else you need to, to tell the world about your story?
0: Um, I don't think that's so. It's like a pretty uh, simple story. You know, college sold its last owned dorm building. Um, get excited for the student center, I guess. <laughs> and, yeah, and then
1: when we say their last college owned, it doesn't mean that we don't own or that we don't have the Dwight or... The no, or we have those, like but
0: we, yeah. we lease those through other companies. Mm-hmm. So Columbia doesn't own the building. They're not in charge of keeping up to date with whatever's going on with the building.
1: Yeah, well, Tessa, unfortunately, we're out of time. It was a pleasure speaking with you, and you can pick up Tessa's story. I think it's on the front page of the newspaper this week, or you can go online to ColumbiaChronicle.com. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. (laughs) We're going to switch gears now, and we have Orlando in the booth with me. Orlando, how are you doing today? I'm very well. How are you doing? I'm doing uh, amazing. One, because we're about to talk about 70mm film, and I get to talk to you.
4: Always a good day.
1: I know. It is always a good day. So for those of you uh, out there who weren't following Orlando around on his assignments last week, what did you cover?
4: So I got the opportunity to cover the uh, the projection room at the Music Box Theater. Um, and I was able to see their 70mm projector, uh, all their old 35mm uh, films. Mm-hmm. Uh, film cases or whatever but it it, it it turns out they're putting on a 70 millimeter film festival uh starting this weekend
1: oh dang and how long does it run to so it's the weekend of september 14th Four, so september 14th till when
4: so it'll go from september 14th to september 27th um and there'll be multiple films uh every day uh, some, you know, some that you might know are 2001 Space Odyssey, uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, um, Star Trek, I don't know if oh. you're a Star Trek I, fan. I'm
1: not, I'm not a huge Trekkie, I suppose, but I haven't seen, I've seen Indiana Jones, that one I do know. I haven't seen the Space Odyssey, so. Oh. I, m- I may have to go check it out. may head a- down, head down to the old, the other films there, but, uh. We do actually have some sound from people who are, I don't want to say hosting event, but I think people from the Music Box Theater and just, you know, what film means to people. So let's take a listen to that.
3: It's really part of our, our cultu- cultural heritage. You know, this is a, a format that was used for over, well, 70 was not used for over 100 years. That started in the, uh, in the 50s. But film in general has been used for over 100 years. And this is how audiences saw these uh, you know, works of art um, for many many years, uh, they first experienced them. So I think it's important to to maintain that.
1: That was Julian Antos, uh, technical director and assistant programmer of the Music Box Theater in Germain. You, your favorite movie
2: is *Space Odyssey*. Yes, I really really enjoy Stanley Kubrick. So I may have to go check that out.
1: Yeah, it may be it may be that time. Um, but uh, transitioning, I guess, back to. The uh the the story at hand here. So what did you take photos of, Did You just sit there and take pictures of the movies, or what were you taking pictures of?
4: Not exactly. So every every film theater has a projection uh, a projection space.
1: room. Yeah. Okay. So we're, okay, I got a weird question. Does it smell funny in there? Is it like humid? Because that's where all the it's got to be.
4: You think it, you think there'd be some weird smell, but it was actually pretty. They they kept it very clean. They it got was, a
1: Febreze plugged in somewhere. Like must a, have been there. Hmm. Must
4: have been some Febreze in there because I was having a great time up there. Um, I got to, you know, you could look through the windows and see into the theaters and see what movies are playing. And just
1: so, how many time. theaters were you able to look into? I know, is it the one? Is it a central one or is there?
4: I just looked into one. Oh, okay, I just, you just looked got into the one. one. Mm-hmm. Um. And at the time, they were playing a, a digital film, so the 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 seventy millimeters weren't running. Um, so he got to show me how they worked. Or All I got the to reels see and the worked. big
1: things there.
4: Yeah, the reels. Uh, he he, uh, he showed me some house reels. He showed me the casings. Um, you know, they, they these these seventy millimeter uh, film rolls are are, are are you know are super expensive so he has to be extremely careful and very knowledgeable when handling them wait so it's a house reel a house reel is just you know is just the casing for the 70 millimeter film you know the the that circle with the little holes in it is that oh ring about here? yeah there
1: it is i also saw the pictures so i kind of cheated but now i got it <laughs> i got it now i know what you're talking about perfect hmm, so uh you were in there how long were you in there for
4: Probably a little bit too long. I think <laughs> I think everyone's ready for me to leave. No, they were they were really nice. Um but I I was in there for like like an hour or so and um and just just having a good time. I'm a film major, so just looking around in there was like
1: It was like a blast from the past track, whoa. This blast is super in
4: the future, hopefully.
1: In the future? I think aren't there only sixty or seventy things? Here, let me double check that, but there are not too many left, right?
4: No. Not too many left, but I hope when I make a film, you know, they'll blow it up to 70 millimeter for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope they can do that. And then this again, courtesy of our friend Mr. Antos, says there's only... His estimations have 60 to 70 titles left in existence.
4: Oh my. And it's wild because they have, you know, a large amount of films playing. I, I... Yeah, that's kind of like...
1: Whoa, there're only so many and they had, I know you read off like 3 or 4. Do you know how many titles total? Can you get your ballpark it?
4: Yeah, I think they have around 8. 8? Um, eight? I think uh I think eight nine, 8 9 or 10, around that range, but the the thing is, you know, these are all, uh, you know, incredibly well-known films and mm-hmm. I think most people are used to seeing them. Unfortunately, if they're in, in my age, they're they're used to seeing it maybe on netflix or on uh hulu or you know streaming but they're not going to be able to get the chance to see it blown up like this uh, for a while until until you know until next year hmm. so jermaine i'm going to open
1: this question up to you out of the sure. titles we heard okay, the side space odyssey because right. that'd be your favorite which one would you want to see the most because there were a lot of good options again i won't yeah. harp on that too much but I would yeah. say Indiana Jones.
2: Yeah, that's what, exactly, that's what I was going to say. I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan. Um, like I said, Space Odyssey, but Indiana Jones would be something I would be really interested in seeing.
4: And then Orlando, same question to you. See, it's a hard one for me. It's a hard one because I've seen some of these films before, um, and I don't know if I want to, you know, re-watch a film that I love in 70mm or see, have a brand new, you know, experience. And seventy millimeters. So this is probably going to be the hardest decision I make this week. This the whole week yeah. is this one? <laughs> maybe oh. maybe a month. So what? We'll, we'll
1: oh. oh 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 my! So <laughs> well then uh, I guess touching on that, you've seen some of the films. What would be? I don't want to say the benefit, or like you talked about a different experience. What is that diffi- different experience when you're watching it? You know, maybe on Netflix as compared to the seventy millimeter version.
4: Sure. So I mean, you can even see when you're looking at the film. um how big seventy millimeters, and you, you can't see because it's a podcast. But I'm holding it's up a my radio. Hands. Yeah, radio. Right. I'm I'm holding up my hands, and and he's got
1: know. him in a nice big shape for those of you who aren't uh, aren't in the booth with us right now,
4: and and you know and the way film works is you know the bigger the frame, uh, you know the the bigger the dimension, the 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 bigger it can be blown up. So you know think about IMAX and um, you know all the the luxuries we have nowadays when it comes to viewing cinema when you watch a movie at home you're just not getting the same experience and and a lot of people would argue that with film you have uh, better colors you have um, you know that nice film grain that everyone loves to see and it's just you know it's just something you shouldn't pass up
2: so is it a issue in clarity then it's a little clearer. That's that's it. That's a good point because
4: you know it depends on it all depends on the the stock they use to mm. shoot it on. You know the, you know how they decide to light it because some films you know they really let the you know they let it get a little grainy. They underexpose it a little bit and that becomes a look and it won't be as clear. It'll be a little muddy, mm. but it just depends on what you're trying to say. You know you, you have options with film.
1: These are all terms. I have very little understanding of what they mean, but it's got that nostalgia
4: right. factor to right, it, doesn't right. it?
1: Boom. There it is nostalgia. Is there anything else you want to touch on? Maybe brag a little more about how you were in there for an hour looking at all the fine. reels? An hour. So yeah. you know how to flip them out now, do you?
4: Oh no, oh no, <laughs> I I wouldn't touch them. I think each of the the Wait. reels are insured for like seventy thousand dollars. Oh yeah, money.
1: don't touch those. No, nope, not okay. at all. <laughs> Get your not hands on But you can pretend you know how to.
4: Right, sure. So for the for the for the for the you know the what. <laughs> <laughs> well, i called it a podcast early so i don't want to mess with you no like, po- radio, radio? is
1: the same, it's the same thing yeah oh, man See, those are technical terms it's I not don't the same understand. thing well i mean we're being broadcast on the radio but you can also listen to us in mm. podcast form pre-recorded
4: did you just sneak in a little a little a little promo for yourself
1: maybe i did maybe i didn't it's <laughs> smart for, if it were it's for our, for our <laughs> listeners to determine but uh we did you have a thought you were trying to finish up
4: i i, I was trying to to get to get to something um and now it's gone
1: now now it's gone <laughs>
4: viewers will never or listeners will never know
1: but so you actually saw the process through and through then
4: he uh what he did was he loaded a couple test rolls for me and uh he he showed me what the process would be to you know getting getting the house reels on top and feeding it into the projector um transferring uh the film from one reel to another um all that fun stuff it felt like i was in uh i was in some so Martin you, Scorsese movie.
1: you can at least pretend you know how to so in a party
4: you're like yeah i know how to change 70 millimeter film whatever mm-hmm. good party trick $70,000 yeah. party trick it's a seven
1: it's... per film you do that's just how much
4: it's insured for i don't even know how much it really is must be way more than that
1: and i bet that man has a very stressful job
4: he seems very chill he seems so chill you kind of have to be i i guess so he I says mean, he's never made a mistake with, you know, never damaged a film. Well, of course he's going to say that. I'm not, de- not <laughs> <I> denying <laughs> I that. True. I look into his eyes and I say, you know, this is a man that's not lying to me. Could you
1: imagine damaging a film, though? Like, imagine his first day, like, okay, get in there and just flip them out. Maybe his first day they started with 12.
2: Now <laughs> oh, <there> they fired
4: <laughs> instantly. Like three, four films <laughs> they were supposed to be showing, but they can't anymore.
1: Yeah, maybe the last guy before him did that, you know?
4: That's how they train, and he was very young. That's that's something to note. I think he was the guy who was you know showing me all this. He's very young, so you know I think there's still an interest in people in you know our generation. You know we we want to continue on the tradition of showing film instead of just digital.
1: Yeah, and then you can actually see how young he is in the photos. I know Orlando has a couple up there that are in the print edition, and I wouldn't want that job at my age. I don't think I've ever worked somewhere and touched something that could cost someone seventy thousand dollars, but. Orlando, thank you for, for coming on here, but we're going to switch gears to Jermaine, who you've heard uh, talking a little bit in the background. Jermaine, yes. your story was not as, as film heavy as Orlando. So what did you uh, report on this
2: week? So uh, this week I covered a new requirement from, it was proposed through the mayor's office as well as the Illinois Attorney General's office. Um, it's called the consent decree. And within that, um, most of the headlines were around the fact that if a police officer um draws his weapon his or hers weapon and points at a suspect um they would have to radio that in immediately um and pretty much the the goal of it was to be more transparent um and just kind of reform the, the police department and get a little more trust within the community and the police department
1: so i'm assuming those would all be recorded and tabulated is something to that effect
2: definitely recorded they have a task force i'm I'm slipping on the name right now, <clears throat> but it it has to. Uh, they have to review all uh, reports and pretty much
1: the instances every time they pulled a yeah. gun. Was he supposed to something like that? Mm-hmm, so like another kind of police review board type definitely. deal. Okay, yeah, definitely. I think that's interesting because the South Loop isn't typically thought as as a dangerous place, and it's not dangerous as long as you're aware of what's going on. But I know. At least with crime reports, there's a lot of theft here because it's a rather touristy area. Right. And on Columbia's campus, I think the second precinct is over by one of our buildings. Right. That sound about right. Yes. So hmm, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, was there anything else that we're we're missing to talk about right now?
2: Yeah. So um, what I found very interesting was with the people that I talked to. Um, not only were they informed and they knew about this decree, it wasn't just like a headline or like a uh, political mm-hmm. stance because, mm-hmm. you know, Mayor Rahm Emanuel said that he wasn't going to seek uh, re election. Uh, yes, yeah. Yeah, seek re Jeez. Um, but yeah, so a lot of people knew about it. But um, the, the idea was that it sounds good, but until it's enforced or until they see any actual action, a lot of people were skeptical, and I
1: think we do have one of your sources saying that. What was his name again? Ramon Fa- Frost. Ramon. Yeah, and then yes. we do actually have his audio, so we can listen to him say that right now. I think- That was Ramon Frost, an aviation mechanic from Hyde Park, Orlando. I know you have a, a question here that you would like to propo- or to, uh, to ask to Jermaine.
4: Yeah, why do you think Rahm Emanuel, after you know not seeking re-election, mm. would would you know come up with this come up with this idea and try to try to get it? You done? know,
1: not typically conforming to the right. the lame duck president, so to speak, when a president is on his way out. And, you right. know, he's not seeking that yeah so jermaine the question
2: to you so based on my research um it seemed as if the attorney general's office was the one pursuing it um about i believe it was august 2017 um they filed a civil suit against the police department um, because of certain force tactics and stuff like that so this is something that she was pursuing and the requirement is kind of like a um an agreement between the mayor's office and Lisa Madigan. So um, I spoke with a political science professor here at Columbia, and he was saying that he thinks that this is a good step in the right direction, and that it may be um, a better way of him to w- way for um, a to leave out on like a better note, right. um, and it'll be like a, a shining point on one of his, on his legacy. You know what I mean?
4: So he's really just trying to. From what, from your opinion, you know, he's really just trying to trying to work with definitely the department and 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 sort of save his skin a little bit mm-hmm. after you know because he's been under a lot of fire recently. Yes,
2: for, and and it's on the heels of you know Laquan McDonald and that whole right. trial, and that's pretty much what the whole issue is. Um, the police officer said one thing; the facts say something else, and. The attorney general's office really wants to make sure that it's no misunderstanding in cases like that. You know yeah. what I mean?
1: Another so, another wave of reforms. I know that at least Eddie Johnson has been trying to get a lot of more technological reforms going mm-hmm. that I've reported on in the past year or so. With uh, along with someone from metro desk last semester mm-hmm. about um, shot spotter technology, mobile command centers, and all that. But this is more of um, you know, I don't want to say an individual like person by person reform, but this is looking at you know, okay, we got the technology, that's great.
2: But how do we make things more accountable for our police officers? Right. And uh, another thing was that a lot of people that I spoke with, um, they were saying that now um, a lot of officers don't use their dash cams or they don't use their uh, body cameras. So how is it going to be enforceable? Um, But within this agreement, this is enforceable by a federal judge or, you know, any type of overseer. And they have a committee that has been established to review the cases and stuff like that. So this is something that can bring accountability and transparency within the police department. So to Mm
1: -hmm. touch on that, there is a committee that reviews these cases. definitely, And then it's punishable by uh, a federal judge Mm -hmm. if they don't radio in.
2: Yes. If they don't radio in, if they don't keep up with uh, regular reports or regular reviews of the reports um, within my research, it said, like within 30 days, there should be a, a specific report and review. Um, I spoke with some police officers that but they wouldn't do. Interviews yeah. No. With yeah. Me. Um, some background stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then some were saying that it's, it's kind of ridiculous that that's not already a requirement. So I think this is definitely a, a step in the right direction.
1: Interesting. It's inter- I know Eddie Johnson, I think he's trying to graduate. I'm not sure what number he's at now, but he mm-hmm. tried to get a thousand more officers yes. um, graduate in a certain time. But uh, hopefully this, this uh, goes a long way. And do you know, I know the numbers will be reported. Do you know if they'll be on like the... the cpd's website or will they be in like a city data portal type thing do you know where those numbers will be are you
2: you referring to the
1: reports yeah the reports
2: um i'm not sure where the reports will be um i do know that there is a website that was established by the uh, illinois attorney general's office um and in that they detail everything that's within the agreement as well as how they came to the agreement so they did a case study with like 13 different groups um, as well as police officers So um, they have it's it's very detailed. And if anyone wants any further clarification outside of like news reports, you can refer to that. Um, And then it's it's very, very detailed and it gives you a lot of information about what to expect.
1: Yeah. So we've only got uh, a couple minutes more on the podcast before I'm going to have to let you all go slash radio show. Um, Jermaine, is there anything else you want to toss
2: in about your story? Uh, So this is a story that from the beginning, it was kind of like you see these headlines and you see different things about the police and stuff like that and it's like something that happens every day kind of situation because i'm from chicago you know so you hear about different reforms within the police office or the department and you don't necessarily know if you should take it seriously but as i did more research and as i started digging deeper and i talked to different people who it would affect um it's something that's very important and it's a very good step in a positive direction to building trust within different communities w- around Chicago with the police station and or police said, department, and
1: you said some of your sources were also they was it a general happy feeling with within your sources with this reform?
2: I would say the general feeling was that people are cautiously optimistic. Mm. Um, you hope for the best, of course, but with Illinois and Chicago politics, you never really know. So.
1: Yeah, of course, the governments across the country can always be a little bit weird, but it does look like it is moving in the right direction, and uh, when will we have this system rolled out to its completion, I guess?
2: So, the conversation started in July of 2017, and it's scheduled to be enforceable by July of 2019.
1: Okay, so that's next summer. Yes. Yes, 2018, so by next summer they should have the systems and all that in place, and they'll begin... uh, um, the process of tracking and recording these? Definitely. Okay, well, Jermaine, it was a pleasure. Orlando, it was a pleasure as well, but unfortunately that's all the time we have today, so I'm going to have to let you guys go.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having Close me. in
4: time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Orlando, maybe we will be back on soon. <laughs> Hopefully. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of Chronicle Headlines. Check out all these stories and more in our print edition available on campus or on our website, ColumbiaChronicle.com. You can also find us on social media for additional coverage at CC Chronicle on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, and The Chronicle on Facebook and The Columbia Chronicle on YouTube. Chronicle Headlines is made possible with the collaboration of the staff of The Columbia Chronicle and WCRX-FM, Chicago's Underground, under the leadership of the chair of the Communication Department of Columbia College Chicago, Suzanne McBride. I've been your host, Blaze Mesa. Until next time.